welcome to Corgi Town USA podcast. I'm Candy. This is Chuckles, Spokes Corg. We also have a member of the Corgi Committee here, Digby, down there somewhere. Down there under the desk, as Digby always is. Yeah, and then this is Catherine Cohen. She's my executive producer and Corg Mom. And Corg Mom, yes. Yeah. So today we are continuing our discussion on Have Corgi Will Travel. Have Corgi, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. Um, Corgis are for the most part, a really good size to travel and, uh, and they make wonderful companions is what I'm finding out. I'm a brand new Corgi mom. As of this recording, I'm a Corgi mom for about four months now, I think five months. Yep. And, um, and I find that they, uh, they travel well, they make good travel companions and, uh, and they're just so loving. And so he has become my, uh, um, my emotional support animal. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to learn new and fabulous ways to travel with my Digby. So we have great guests who are going to tell us about that. And with with Digby being your emotional support animal, you yes. can actually fly with him in the cabin. I can. I can. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I've had six corgis. Yes. As many as four at once. Yes. I have three now, Booger, Hammer, and Chuckles here. Right. And they are not my ESAs. They are my pets. And Booger will go on business trips with me. And for those of you who don't know, if they're not your ESA, they have to fly as your carry-on. And she's only 16 pounds. So being a little lady, she's a little she's teeny little. lady. Yeah. She'll fit under the airline seat in front of me. So she can, she can fly that way. So for those of you who haven't, that's, that's the way it's done. They either have to be an actual registered emotional support animal, or you can bring them as your carry-on. Of course, you have to contact the airline. They're a little bit different, but they have to be small enough small enough to fit under. And with Hammer, I wouldn't be able to do that. No. Hammer's a large boy. Hammer is a large boy. Yeah. So so when I traveled with, uh, as I started traveling with my corgis, I kind of noticed that there's a need for a pet-friendly facility. Yes. Yeah. So in hotels, uh, you can do Airbnb. Those are a little bit better. We've been talking yeah. to guests about this, but this is where the idea for Corgi Town USA came about. And it's a brilliant idea. Well, thank you. Uh, but I think most of it has been, if I have meetings or something, depending upon where we stay, some of these facilities don't want the animals up on the furniture. You have to pay extra cleaning fees. Correct. Um, they don't want you to leave them there if, no. if they're not there without you being there. So I've just noticed that we need a facility that has on-site dog daycare, that has a place where you feel comfortable leaving your animal, that they're part of the family too. They can be up on the furniture. They can do all that. So that's Corgi Town USA, which is in the process of building. So this is kind of serving to help you, the people, have some tips and tricks on traveling with your corgi. And as we build, we'll do a little bit of market research to be sure that we are serving the people. Absolutely. So today we have a very special guest, a Lauren Snyder. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored to be a guest on your show. Oh, thank you. So you have lots of fun stories, um, and you kind of sent me a little bit about back on it's Tyrion, correct? Yes, it is Tyrion. He's okay. he's here somewhere. He'll he'll probably make a cameo sooner or later. <laughs> we hope that he does. Yes, <laughs> he's quite a ham, as I'm sure you know, having corgis as well. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> They're not the most opinionated. Never. <laughs> They are such ham and cheese. They really are. Ham and oh, cheese. Oh, yes. Ham and cheese. I have oh, an yes. 
an actual ham. You have an actual ham. Corgi, yes. ham. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell us about Tyrion. Tell us about uh, travels with Tyrion, uh, background story. Give us the good stuff. Yeah, sure. So I got Tyrion um, when he was pretty young. I want to say he was about eight or nine weeks old. Um, and I knew when I first, like, as soon as I got him, I fell in love with him, even though he was sassy and stubborn and bossy and he was the meanest little tiny potato I ever met, but I just loved him so much. Sounds like um, a corgi. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely lives up to the corgi name. <laughs> um, and I just knew that I would want him to be my companion. I did get him as a companion. I knew that corgis were a nice, um, I call them schmedium. They're like a small medium um, <laughs> sized dog. People tend to think they're a lot smaller than they actually are. Yeah. But they get to be, he's about a 30, 30-ish, maybe 35 pounder right now. Mm. So that's, so, the, that's the perfect corgi. I, I always tell people when they say, oh, they're little dogs. I said, no, they're real dogs. They yeah. are real dogs. <laughs> yeah. And they're giant dogs in their minds. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Especially Tuffy. He's like Napoleon. Yeah. Yes. I, I, Napoleon syndrome is, is very real. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, Tyrion had brought me so much joy. Um, I was living with my mom when I first got him and he brought her so much joy that she now wants to get a corgi of her own. Uh, so I just knew that I wanted to be able to share that joy with other people. And I also wanted him to be a good traveler. And I wanted to be able to take him and know that it was enjoyable and not stressful for him. Cause some, some okay. dogs are really, really not good travelers and they stress out. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I got him acclimated to traveling. And of course I was more than happy to not bring him with me if he wasn't um, good at adjusting to that. I many years ago had a pit bull that he just would get so upset when we would go in the car that he would actually become, make himself sick. So I didn't want, you know, I knew what to look out for and I didn't want to want to force him into anything that he didn't also enjoy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when he was about 10 weeks old, I started taking him on short car rides. I would take him if I was going to the gas station or, you know, somewhere that he could just kind of hang out. It was a short little ride and he didn't love it. He of course had to sit in the passenger seat. He refused to sit in the back seat. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And he couldn't just sit there and stare directly at me because he was too little to look out of the window yet. So he just had to sit there and make direct eye contact with me. And I had like a little harness that I was able to clip into the seat belt to make it safe for him. And we just started gradually going on longer and longer rides. And while we were driving, if he would like kind of start to whine, I would just pet him and tell him it's okay. And then when we got to our destination, I would always give him lots of praise and lots of rewards, which, you know, of course, um, I'm under the impression that most corgis are highly food motivated as well. So oh, yes. this is true. <laughs> very true. And confirmed. <laughs> so he got lots of training treats and things like that when we would get to wherever we were going. And over time, it just became a thing where he he would hear my keys jingle and he would run to the door like, OK, where are we going? So cute. Yes. Yes. So that was kind of an indicator to me that he was ready to take some longer trips. 
when I first got Tyrion, we were actually living in Florida. Um, so we were about three hours from Miami and three hours from Orlando. Yeah, so it, that was like a nice little like longer ride and there was plenty of rest stops along the way, which those, uh, Florida is actually very pet friendly. So there were like pet areas at all of the rest stops along the way. So I knew it was a good option. And then uh, especially in Orlando, there's a lot of pet friendly resorts and hotels and stuff. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We used to go to Disney a lot. So like there's also a pet resort on Disney property, which is kind of nice. I didn't know that actually. Yes, yeah, it, it, there's a pet resort. Um, you have to, it books kind of far in advance, which is understandable. A lot of people like to travel with their pets. Uh, and there are quite a few requirements. Um, they need your vaccination records, understandably so. Uh, they need to know if your dog's ever had any behavior, behavioral issues or anything like that. So that was kind of a nice thing. Um, I felt really confident in having safe travels to the Orlando area. They want all of his background. So if he has like an, he's an ex-con and he has a record, they want to talk to his parole officer. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, they need to make sure that he's checking in with his PO and passing all of his drug tests. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which of course, <laughs> Tyrion is a bit of a bad boy, but we're on the straight and narrow. <laughs> he has a good mom. He has good guidance now. Thank you. I try. <laughs> Um, so when he was about, um, also another thing that I did with him was I did know that I also wanted him to be my emotional support animal. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's one thing that is in, in the dog lover community, there is a bit of contention there, but I, I firmly believe if your heart is in it and you really want to be able to travel safely and comfortably for not just yourself, because it can be really stressful to travel with a pet. So yeah. sometimes if you have um, a companion with you and you're, you're not trained on how to have them act in public, it can be really stressful too. So I want to make sure that it was a pretty streamlined process. Um, so we did a lot of obedience classes. Uh, which having your your dog is four months old. Oh, Chuckles? No, the um, I, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. Oh, Digby. Oh, Digby. No, Digby yeah. is four months old. Digby is actually two years old. I oh, okay. I, I adopted him uh, at two years old, and I've had him for about four or five months now. Oh, me. that's amazing. Oh, yeah. awesome. He lived with us for about a year and right. he would, he became a member of the Corgi committee. He'll actually have his own cabin. All the cabins at Corgi Town USA are going to be named after my dog. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, so it, uh, Lilo was the first. So it's Lilo's Lounge, Booger's Bodor, Zelda's Zen, uh, Zen Corner, Hammer's Haven, and Digby's Digs. Oh, I love that. That is so cute. And Tucky's Chicken Shack. We can <laughs> Perfect. So beautiful. But I had Diggy for about a year and then um, he just really took to Kat and Kat is a recent widow. And he, I think he really felt that he she, did. she needed that companionship and he's just been so healing to her. Oh, yeah. they know. They absolutely yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that you guys found each other though. That was yeah. meant to be. Oh, it was. It really was. Oh, Amazing. To, to that point, you're right. There is a stigma attached with ESAs. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I have seen plenty of people that have the little 
badge that you buy from an online website, that's not a real ESA badge. Not to say that those people don't have the proper paperwork, but you just do want to make sure that your uh, ESA is properly trained. Um, and having a young corgi, so you kind of lucked out that you got Digby. <laughs> He's a li little less crazy, maybe. He's a little less crazy and he comes well-trained, but he, we definitely have to train him for more travel right now. We just travel by car together okay. and, uh, he will be, he will be more trained. So we'll probably delve into that in a future episode on training your ESAs. He's, he's, yeah. been, a work, he's been a work in progress yes. since I got him. He's very, I mean, they're, the breed is high energy. Yes. Yes. Like, extremely. Digby is exceptionally high energy, very short attention span. And so it's, he takes a little bit more. <laughs> Like his mom. Perfect like match. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've come a long way in the last year of just some control and learning control. And Kat has taught him commands in Italian. Yes. So oh, amazing. Yes. Yeah. So that is so cool. I keep segueing your story. I oh, that's okay. I would, <laughs> I would love to hear about a bilingual corgi. That's amazing. <laughs> so... Um, you know, kind of one of the things that really also made me feel confident in traveling with Tyrion as an ESA was knowing that I put him into these obedience classes. We did about nine months of classes. He graduated all the way up to advanced. Um, he was, he, yes, he was the most difficult student. Uh <laughs> I'm sure that's not surprising. Um, one thing that our teacher always said was that she was always really impressed with how uh, I wouldn't give in. So a lot of, of training, especially a corgi, because they are stubborn and that's how they're, I mean, a herding breed, they're made to run the show. They're supposed to be bossy and they're supposed to not take any crap. <laughs> Working breed. Yes, yes. And they're incredible and they're so smart. And and once you learn how to work with them and you learn their um, little impulses and just little things, it really is so beneficial when you travel with your dog. And I truly, I still to this day, and he's four years old now, I still use things that we learned when he was five months old. So it's really has been so wonderful and really just gives you that extra level of confidence in traveling with your Corey. Absolutely. Yeah, you have that extra comfort. And kudos to you for putting in that time. I mean, to your point with the ESAs and, and the work in having an actual official ESA, there is a lot of training that yes. goes along with that. And you've actually put in that homework and put in that background. And that's a lot of effort from you as the as the pet, the corgi mom. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Thank you. I, I, you know, I, it just really is just to make it a safe environment for not just me and him, but also other people. Um, some people are afraid of dogs and, True. you know, um, so it, it really just streamlines the whole process really makes a huge difference. Or they're allergic and corgis are sure. as far from hypoallergenic as you can get. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And um, that kind of segues into the, the next part of my adventures of traveling with Tyrion. Um, so I knew that with all of his training, I felt really comfortable when he was about two years old uh, traveling by plane up to New York to visit my family. Oh. 
Yeah. And I called the airline way ahead of time. I asked them what I needed. Um, they, uh, we flew with JetBlue. They were pretty accommodating. They, you know, I told him he was an ESA and I said, if it's a problem, I don't mind paying for him to have a seat or whatever. I just knew I didn't want to have him traveling like under the cabin and he's too, he was too long to fit into one of the carriers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure there wasn't going to be any problems that day. And they were pretty accommodating. They said he could sit on my lap or he could lay on the floor under my feet, which is two of his, his favorite places to be anyway. So that worked out. Um, and when I got to my seat, I made sure to ask everybody. And I actually brought... <laughs> Benadryl with me just in case anybody was allergic and couldn't move. Good thinking. That's funny. <laughs> yes. I have severe allergies, so I know what it's like when you're like stuck wow. in a situation when you are allergic to something and there's you're stuck on a plane. There's not much you could do. So I made sure that I brought some Benadryl and some Zyrtec with me just in case. And I made sure to like introduce myself and Terry into the people that were seated around us. And we didn't have any, actually people were so overjoyed and I'm, I'm sure you guys know as, as Corgi parents, they just bring so much joy, even just to people just looking at them. They're just like, ah, like they don't know what to do with themselves. So they were more than happy to have Tyrion also traveling nearby. I'm sure he amassed a fan club. We talk about that on the podcast, the paparazzi. The paparazzi, oh, yes. yes. It's a huge thing. I oh, couldn't believe it. Oh, very real. Yeah, Kat's just now learning about this. And I told a story last podcast about this time I went to San Diego with a friend. And at the time I had Lilo and Booger and Hammer. And I had left him on the pier to go into a shop. And I came out and there were 20 people there giving belly rubs, taking pictures. <laughs> He's it's looking the paparazzi. At me, asking oh, him yes. questions. And he says, I've never seen anything like this. I said, that's nothing. You should hear us at the airport when I walk through there with Booger. Corgi, Corgi, Corgi. You hear it in stereo. Yes, it's so cute. And I love when like little kids are like, oh my God, a Corgi. Look at his butt. It's so cute. You just hear it like as you're walking by. Oh, it's you. You're like, yes, my dog is a superstar, actually. <laughs> and he does have the best butt. Thank you for noticing. Yes, yes. He's worked very hard on that booty. Thank you. <laughs> Lots of little Corgi squats. Yes, yes. It's only about that much. <laughs> it doesn't take long. It's just, you know, Florida an inch up. <laughs> They're mini squats. Yes. So what's what's his favorite thing to do uh, while you travel? Is it just the different smells being in different? Do you do different activities when you travel, seeing family? What's Tyrion's favorite part of traveling? I would have to say his number one favorite part of traveling is basking in his fame. He loves the attention. He he is such a ham. He really just loves to meet new people. Um, he loves kids. I don't have kids and we uh, are in Arizona now, so we don't have any family here. Um, so whenever we go somewhere and he gets a chance to meet like little ones, Oh, he just, his, he gets the butt wiggle and his ears go back and he just, and he just loves them so much. It's so funny. So just seeing how much joy he gets out of bringing joy to other, like, it's just reciprocated and it really is just so fantastic. That's precious. He says, oh, litter mates. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Litter mates. <laughs> I really do. I truly believe. And it's so funny because I've said that before. 
because when he was a pup, we didn't have any kids around to introduce him to. So, so the first time he ever met a little one, you know, like maybe a two or three year old, he had, he like picked up on that energy. Like, oh, you're a human puppy too. Like, it's just so cute. That's adorable. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing that. Sorry, Chucky's deciding that he's going to get a little surly because. Oh, that's okay. Mid broadcast. He knows we're talking about other corgis. Yeah, they. Uh, what, do we call, what do we call them? Puppetists. Puppetists. They're puppetists. Oh they love God. the limelight. They're puppetists. Yes, <laughs> perfect. I love that. So uh, you talked a little bit about in Orlando that there there's the pet friendly resort. Are are those normally the places you stay when you go to? You said you go to New York, so I'm assuming you maybe stay with family, or do you just look for pet friendly resorts? Yes. So um, in New York, I'm able to stay with family, so that's not an issue. In Orlando, there was pet friendly resorts, um, but when so like that's. A little bit easier to kind of sort out in advance if you know well in advance that you can find a place because those places do tend to book up pretty quickly because so many people do enjoy traveling with their pets yes and oftentimes it's not the entire um, hotel or resort that is pet friendly it's like a, a, a section that's that's kind of sectioned off almost like when they used to have smoking and non-smoking rooms now it's like pet friendly and non-pet friendly rooms that is exactly right. Yep. <laughs> a little throwback to the <laughs> different times. <laughs> um, so one thing that was kind of interesting that we, so when I moved from Florida to Arizona, uh, we ended up just doing a U-Haul. There was plenty of room. We stuck a little dog bed in between my husband and I, we took turns driving. One of us would kind of tend to Tyrion, which he was just happy to be riding with us. He was super chill. He just thought, Oh, hello. He um, just was kind of, oh, yeah. sorry. He, he must have heard um, the leaves blowing in the wind or something. <laughs> um, so we also didn't really have planned out where we were going to be stopping for the night. We knew that we were going to be stopping just because I do have physical limitations. I can only be cooped up for so long. And, and um, of course, having the dog as well. So the both of us needed some place to stop for the night. Yeah. It kind of ended up working that when we were driving, we would kind of find the nearest big city close to like when we knew we were getting done for the day. And I just went on my phone. I used uh, booking.com. And you can select pet-friendly hotels. And I was really surprised how many pet-friendly um, like hotels and motels that we were actually able to find for a decent place. Yes, yes. Uh, I was actually really amazed because when I had first gotten Tyrion, you know, uh, this was probably three, four years prior, it wasn't as common and you had to really find those places in advance. So I was really, really thrilled that there were a lot available. Um, yeah, it was great. They, I will say one downside is even though these places did say that they were pet friendly, they didn't have uh, outside areas for the dog to go. Right. So that was one downside to not really being able to thoroughly investigate the the place that we were staying before we had to just stop for the night. Um, I was definitely grateful that he was able to stay in the room. I did make sure to bring like pee pee pads just in case there was anything that happened in the room. But I do think that um, having 
some place that boasts itself as being pet friendly actually has the facilities required. Yes, and and you're you're correct. That's part of what came of Corgi Town is traveling with Booger and actually traveling with everybody. I've taken several cross country road trips, and to your point, they might be pet friendly. They've gotten better about le- allowing you to bring your pet and having those accommodations. But right. if you if they need to go potty, you have sometimes it's just a little four by four square of rocks. Yes. And yes. you have to mitigate that and get everybody to go in that area. And then you have to find out where to dispose of it. And yes, taking them down in the elevator at 3 a.m. If they wake you up and they need to go. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was that was part of my vision. Having right. attached yards. You just let them out, do their business, let the staff take care of, pick up after them. So, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Is Tyrion going to visit with us? I'm trying to get him to come up here, but he's too busy bothering his sister. That's (laughs) Bailey. (laughs) Oh, and now he's got a bone. Well, well then, that's that's that. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) I'm down there a little bit. He's having a really good time with his little bone. Oh yes, and he is. um, So I'm sure, as you both being corgi parents know, they have to. I call it snoopervise. Um, they have to supervise everything that you do. Right. Like what's happening right now. Uh-huh. And please as punch to be doing so. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Why are you talking about it, executive producer? I'm the producer. The producer. I love that. So, Lauren, you're a fellow podcaster. Do you want to tell us about your program? Sure. Yeah. Um, So I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but one of my friends from back home in New York, uh, her and I linked up and we have started doing um, probably about a year ago. We just hit one year. A crime. Thank you so much. Um, A true crime podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So our our tagline is uh, the uh, murder madness and the macabre. So that's basically what we do. Some of the stories do get pretty grim. We always like to put like a little content warning because I know some people just really don't want to hear about that stuff. And I completely understand. I would think if you would tune into a crime podcast, though, I mean, murder and mayhem is normally not very neat and tidy. No, no, it usually (laughs) isn't. So. Uh, yeah, if you if you're tuning in, I would think, although you, you know better, a few, you, a few, you would think a few serial killers do come to mind, though. I mean, Ted Bundy was tidy in ways. Yes, Ed, Ed Gein was tidy in ways. I probably know way more about this. Yeah, you, oh, you yeah, know, you know way way more. Uh, yeah, serial killers than totally my my cup of tea. So, I love that. I apologize. I meant to make a, a banner, but it's the For I Have Sinned podcast. So it's www.forihave, right? For uh-huh. I Have Sinned. Yeah. F O R I H A V E S I N N E D. For I Have Sinned. Pod, P O D dot com. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, and w- like we got the name because we. Didn't want it to be too hokey, but we still wanted it to be something that was kind of cool. And we had this, like, in our opening um, little song theme that one of my buddies made, I whisper in the background, forgive me for I have sinned. So that's kind of like... Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we wanted it to be kind of creepy and kind of 
you know, a little bit spooky, but still interesting. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Um, and as you know, getting into the world of podcasting can be difficult. You're always going to run into some bump in the road. I promise you every episode we have some sort of bump in the road. So don't feel bad, especially as a, a baby podcast. You guys are doing fantastic. Thank you for the encouragement. Yeah. I certainly need it for getting the uh, computer oh. today and for getting your banner and that's okay. I'm, I'm trying to get the banner with no glasses on. With <laughs> this is fun. Executive producer, ladies. Love it. Yes. Live, living up to the title. <laughs> you are earning, earning that fun. paycheck, honey. Uh, oh, there's a paycheck. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get the memo. We'll blame it on Chuckles because he thinks he's in charge anyway. Way to go, Chucky. Yeah. No, not even. <laughs> he's asleep Oop. in my lap, unfazed. <laughs> You're almost there, cat. Almost. <laughs> I'm I'm done trying, but it is for I have sin.com. I really need to learn to keep my glasses on. Oh. You were so close. Let's see. So close. Terry, come here. Um, nope. He <sighs> is that protesting I hear? I, you know, I said, Tyrion, come here. And he just waltzed out of the room and gave me this look like, yeah, whatever, lady. I got better stuff to do. <laughs> the side eye. The corgi side eye. Oh, absolutely. It's a thing. I didn't realize it was a thing, but it is a thing. Oh, yeah. Very powerful. So close yet so far. Yep. <laughs> Tyrion, okay. Come here, silly boy. Come here. Oh, I got a baby. Or I have sinnedpod.com. Yes, we yes. Have you put enough heads together, eventually we'll get it. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We're hoping that you'll come back. We we have all kinds of content planned. It's and it's to help the Corgi community. So people primarily traveling with corgis, but also just corgi things. We're gonna talk about health of the breed. Uh, we're, we have a segment coming up about so you want a corgi, so what to look at, oh, yes. look for for genetic testing. If you go the breeder route, of course, we're very pro who to work with when you rescue. I've rescued four out of my six. Um, so it just Enjoyable. all these things that you kind of really any any and all pet owners. So absolutely, absolutely rescue for yeah, cats, dogs. Um, I, I also, um, I'm also mommy to a cat, so a lot of this, um, applies. Yeah. To both, she, uh, well, totally. she didn't come in this time. She usually a lot of times she'll come in and like make her, make her tail be seen, right? Absolutely, <laughs> just <laughs> enough so you know she's there. She didn't right. visit us today, yeah. But thank you so much, Lauren. Everyone, please check out her podcast, The Four I Have Sinned podcast. If you like true crime, I certainly do. And we hope that you join us again soon. I would love to, yes, uh, definitely. This is right up my alley. One of my favorite things to talk about is corgis. <laughs> Well, obviously us too. We can yes. go on all day. So I said, why don't we get microphones and do it? Not it's as well. Perfect. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Love the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thanks. you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So thank you everyone for joining us. It's been a great episode and we hope that you've learned a little bit and that you follow Terry and the Corgi on 
Instagram and you check out Lauren's podcast. Yeah. We, like I said, we have some really exciting episodes coming up about, uh, so you want a Corgi, what to look at, what to look for if you're getting one from a breeder and then some of the reputable rescues. So tune in Candy, Kat and Chucky here at Corgi Town USA on USA.